Listening to the Speaking Tongues podcast. I'm your host, El Sharice. Each week, I sit down to a conversation with multilinguals where we discuss and celebrate language, life, and culture through our own perspectives. Episode 56 Speaking Serbian, Slovenian, Russian, and German. Hello, language lovers. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Speaking Tongues, the podcast in conversation with multilinguals. This week, my guest is Dina, the host of Slav's YouTube podcast, and we're discussing her languages of Serbian, Slovenian, Russian, and German. Now, this is the first time on the show that we're talking about Serbian and Slovenian, and I was so excited to have this conversation to learn from Dina. In this episode, she tells us about moving to Slovenia from Serbia as a teenager and what her experience was like having to navigate school and social life in a new language that she didn't understand. We also talk about mutual intelligibility among Slavic languages, including a dialect of Serbian that shares words with Macedonian and Bulgarian. Dina tells us how the Turkish language has influences on the Serbian language, and we also talk about how she grew to love Russian and the complicated feelings that come from growing apart from her Serbian roots. And because we're discussing a region that has had some big changes in the recent past, we also discuss the Serbo-Croatian language and its controversies. Big thank you to Dina for having this conversation with me and for sharing your languages and your cultures. If you want to hear more about Slavic languages, make sure you listen to the Slav Suja podcast, which you will find a link to in the show notes. And if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Speaking Tongues podcast on Apple Podcasts so that other language lovers like ourselves can find the show. If you've been a longtime listener of the show or a recent listener, you can now support the show on buymeacoffee.com. Links to all platforms are in the show notes. Okay, let's chat. Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Tongues. I am here today with Dina. How are you today, Dina? Hi, Elle. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very good. I'm super excited to talk to you about all of my languages <laughs> that you listed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you and I like to start each episode with the same question, and that is, what is your first language, and which languages have you learned to speak? So my first language is Serbian. I was born in Serbia and grew up in Serbia until the age of 15. Um, so I can say with confidence that it is really <laughs> my first language. Um, and then I moved to Slovenia at the age of 15. And there I learned English, English, <laughs> Slovene. And um, yeah, I learned a lot of um, English and German in school. That's basic knowledge of, of any language that you get in school. And then, of course, English came um, with this um, internet, social media thing. <laughs> uh, and then I moved to, to Vienna to study there. 
And um, that's when I learned German. Actually, I thought I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's when I that's when I le really learned it. And um, I'm studying uh, my my bachelor's are in uh, Russian. So yeah, Russian is the last one that um, that I learned. Wow. That's so exciting. <laughs> it's a mix of Slavic languages and then a little bit of Germanic languages <laughs> that yeah. came along because not not really because I wanted to because of, but because I needed them. <laughs> <laughs> when you were uh growing up in your house uh in Serbia, I guess, what languages uh did you hear in your home or in your community? When you were growing up, I grew up in a I grew up in a small town in the south of Serbia. So there isn't many um, other languages to be heard. There aren't any uh, many other languages to be heard except um, except Serbian. So um, we spoke this um, mix of standard Serbian and dialect southern dialect that is called Torlakian dialect which is pretty much um a mix of um Bulgarian um <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bulgarian Macedonian and Serbian I mean it's um it has it's um uh, those two languages had a lot of influence on on the dialect um so that's pretty much uh, and a lot of turkish words as well um so i can i can say that is it can be totally unintelligible to the people <laughs> from central serbia or northern serbia which really? is not which is not the case with other um serbian dialects right. so i guess i i'm <laughs> um by dialectal <laughs> i speak yeah i speak standard serbian and then the um, this this Torlakian dialect which is really unique and um actually pretty 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 nice i i was i mean it is considered like rural dialect and um not a lot of people are encouraged to speak it but as I grew up and, um, of course, started learning other languages and other Slavic languages, I realized how much um, um, this knowledge of, of um, Torlakian dialect actually helps me with other Slavic languages, not just the standard Serbian, but, um, yeah, this Torlakian dialect actually is a um really rich in 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 this older slavic um terms and older slavic constructions that then helped me understand other slavic languages better than maybe someone that only spoke um standard serbian interesting that's really interesting yeah. I was going to ask you, you mentioned Bulgarian and Macedonian. Are there any, is there any intelligibility between that dialect and those two languages? Yes, yes. Um, since Bulgarian border is not that far away, I think it's 
around 100 kilometers. I don't know how much of it is in miles, <laughs> but um, so it's not it's not that far away. And actually, um, Macedonia as well. Um, I can say with confidence that I can understand 90% of Macedonian, standard Macedonian. Um, I'm yeah. not talking about the dialect, but they actually have um, a dialect that is um, spoken then um, close to closer to the border with Serbia, which is then different from standard Macedonian and more and closer to to. Torlakian dialect, which I sp- speak at home, and um, yeah, that one is hundred <laughs> percent intelligible. But with the with um, standard Macedonian, um, I mean, eighty five to ninety percent, depend depending on the topic, um, I can understand. Um, with Bulgarian, it's it's a little bit harder. Um, because um well bulgarian has a lot of shared vocabulary with russian and that's why i can understand mm. but when talking about um when talking about um from from the point of view of speaking turlakian dialect it's um it's a little bit harder to understand it when it's spoken I don't think I can, um, I tried a couple of times to watch some Bulgarian shows and, um, yeah, that's a (laughs) (laughs) no-go. But when it's, when it's, when it's written down, um, I can say around 50% what it's written down can be understood. Okay. So... I don't know if that depends. I mean, it it is. It certainly depends on the um, others on other Slavic languages that you speak. I speak, um, so Russian really helps me with that. But I think my parents can also understand a lot of what it's written in Bulgarian, just because we are um, familiar with the Torlakian dialect that then mm-hmm. shares a lot of vocabulary with. Um, both Bulgarian and and Macedonian. Yeah. That's so interesting. While you were talking, I just Googled a map so I can orient myself when you're talking about the borders and everything. So I I guess, yeah, it does make sense that like that area. And plus, because it's so like, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's like, it's so ancient, you know, like the society there in that part of, of Europe it precedes modern day borders. So it makes sense like why there would be, um, well, to me, it makes sense why there would be a dialect that, that you can understand with a different like standard language. It totally makes sense. Um, so when you were in school, I guess before you moved to Slovenia and when you moved to Slovenia, what kind of, what languages were you exposed to in your studies? Well, in Serbia, that was, um, well, Serbian, obviously, and then English and German. And my parents really tried to um, expose us to English as much as they can. 
I mean, they don't speak English, but they encourage us to watch watch all of these Cartoon Network um, <laughs> things <laughs> um, and send us to to private schools for English. I, I guess learning English wasn't something that I did on purpose. It's something that my parents took care of while we were while we were kids. Um, and then this school taught English didn't help me that much. I was already fluent. I won't say fluent, but um, <laughs> intermediate um, when when I when I started school. Okay. So that that didn't help me that much. But with German, um, school said some basics, so taught me some basics, and then, um, but I learned German for eight years, actually, that were, <laughs> that, that was more than basics, but I guess, um, I mean, I really loved learning German, I guess I just didn't realize how much I didn't know <laughs> um <laughs> before before moving to Austria and um yeah when I when I moved uh, when I moved to Slovenia um my parents enrolled me um into public school that was in Slovene for you know for everyone mm-hmm. and I came with zero Slovene knowledge so um that was also another language that i was um supposed to i tried some french <laughs> but it didn't work out um yeah so i guess the biggest challenge was actually um slovene that okay. was actually the the biggest challenge the 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 thing that I had to had to learn that I was, you know, forced. I couldn't, I couldn't go to school. I couldn't, um, you know, do anything without learning that language. So I guess that's the language that caused me <laughs> a lot of headaches. Oh no, <laughs> no. But actually, I I really love it now. Now after eight after years, all this time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you so when you moved to Slovenia and obviously you're taking your lessons in this language that you have no knowledge of before, did the school or was the school able to enroll you in Slovene classes so that you could catch up or were you just like thrown to the wolves? Uh at first, uh I think it was the first year I was completely clueless and nobody cared um and i actually had because i mean i don't know if your listeners know this so i'm just gonna say it um slovenia was a part of a former yugoslavian republic which was um consisted which consisted of serbia croatia bosnia and herzegovina uh, Macedonia and then Slovenia, of course, and they all had to learn Serb, Serbo-Croatian. So a lot of my teachers actually spoke S- Serbian, Serbo-Croatian. Then and then they encouraged me to speak in whatever language I can. Um, just the, the the important thing for them was for me to learn 
things to learn the stuff, not not the language. Yeah. But um, I found that bad because um, I really tried learn to learn the language. I really tried to speak language. So it was good knowing that they will understand me either way. But I really didn't let that be the safety net. Um, and then to just, um, <laughs> you know, not learn the language and not speak the language of the country that I'm living in. I was then in second year of high school uh, when they decided that it was time to give me some free lessons with the um, Slovene teacher. Um, but I didn't use them for learning the language because I was actually already, I actually spoke by the time, by that time I, I already spoke Slovene fluently. So I didn't need it for, as a language course, I used them for, you know, covering the material that we actually did in regular Slovene class. Mm-hmm. So that was a, it was a nice thing, a <laughs> nice thing that they did, but a little too late. Yeah. Um, because I needed it <laughs> in the first year, not, yeah. not, not, not later. How were you able to pick up uh, Slovene so quickly? I picked it up really quickly. Yeah. The Slavic family, the Slavic language family is similar. I mean, the languages are similar. And since a lot of people in Slovenia know Serbian and add Serbian words into their their um, vocabulary and the slang. Um, that was actually helpful, but the thing that was um, bothering me the most because um, I tried to learn Slovene before coming to Slovenia. Um, to you know, do some some courses and things like that, but they that didn't work out. But I had something in in a, a part, a couple of sentences in my head, you know, and I had an idea of how this language works. But by the time that I um actually moved and um started school. I realized that the dialect that is spoken in Ljubljana, so it was I was living in Ljubljana, is something completely different. So it's wow. it's it's like um, almost like an entire uh, an, another language, um, and that had it had nothing to do with what I tried <laughs> to 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 study, and I was pretty devastated because I was like, okay, I have to be in Slovene class and speak proper Slovene. And then I have to interact with other people and live there actually and learn the this this other language, this dialect that yeah. they spoke. But eventually I I don't know. I can't tell you how. But I was surrounded by the language every day, and I 
studied in the in that language i interacted with people in that language and i think it was 6 7 months that it took me to to become fluent um because yeah i mean serbian helped with that a lot um but um now I mean, my parents tease me all the time because <laughs> I change. I change my voice. I change the. Um, I change the way I speak. I change the way. Um, um, I change my gestures and everything when I speak Slovene. So it's like I, I, I'm a completely different person, and they tease me <laughs> because of that. But I had a lot of people coming up to me and. Um, you know, starting a conversation and then realizing that I am not a native speaker and being completely shocked because I picked it up really good. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it didn't, it took me a while, but, um, by the time I was in, in, um, in my last year, we, we had this, um, I mean, Matura exam, it's like uh, this final um, exam in Slovene, math, and then a couple of other um, subjects. And um, I actually did really good on the Slovene exam, which surprised me a lot and surprised my Slovene teacher because she was never really um, that confident with the... With the um, with the fact that I'm there in her class and the, that I will actually succeed, um, which made me really proud. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is this is something that I mean in the in the final year I was really I I I could say that it is my second language, so my L two mm-hmm. now. I'm not using it anymore. Um, I'm speaking it mostly to my parents sometimes, um, and that's it. And when I when I go to Slovenia, that's a couple of sentences at the at the shop or something like that. So I can't say that with confidence that it's still my <laughs> L two. But it's yeah. still my first foreign language. It's still the language that I'm most comfortable in. Um, the foreign language that I'm most comfortable yeah. in. Yeah. You know what I think is really interesting? Like, you were at that age where you were able to, I hate to say this, like, learn a language really quickly. Because they always say, like, when you're younger, it's easier to you know, pick up a language, but I actually think that being in high school, and I don't know about you, but I feel like high school kids are hyper observant because we're all trying to fit in. So yeah. we're paying attention to what everyone's doing. How can I do it like them? How can I, you know, I guess mimic, like we're in that mimicking kind of phase. And I think it's so interesting when you said like, um, excuse me, when you said that you picked it up to an extent where people were mistaking you for a native speaker. And I think that if you had tried to learn Slovene, probably, you know, as an adult or later in life, I don't think that you would have, you may not have people 
you know, mistake you for a native speaker because you were probably like, you're in a new city, you're in a new, a new country. And you're just, when you can't communicate, all you can do is observe. Right. So, um, I think that's really amazing that you were able, I think it's really amazing. You were able to do that first of all, but, um, it just made me think about like how teenagers have that ability because they're always paying attention to like everything that's going on so that they can fit in so they could yeah. be like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean even the topics that I um that I pick when I when I speak Slovene are completely different from the topics that I pick when I speak um Serbian or any other language. It's because I I actually learned from these kids in school and I learned and I observed what they talked about. And um I guess it's it stayed with me. I don't know. And I yeah. kinda <laughs> I don't know. I, I think of myself when I speak Slovene, I think of myself as less smart because of the topics that I pick. Hmm. Because these are um, you know, this high school um things, gossiping and what phone do you have and <laughs> You know, things like that. It's it's not that I'm not familiar with the other vocabulary. It's that it's that every time I talk to my friends from high school, um okay, it's a friend, it's it's in singular. <laughs> I always pick um I don't know, I, I don't know why, but I always pick this 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 less intelligent topics yeah um it's kind of embarrassing to think about the things i talked about in high school like <laughs> not stop so i can only imagine <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the um uh that's the base that i built on um the language and that's 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 the first thing that comes to my mind of course, I can talk about other things, but those are the, <laughs> that's my instinct, you know, yeah. <laughs> to talk about these things. And um, I, ha I have a friend that is um, actually not from Ljubljana. Um, she's from, um, from um, suburbs and they speak completely different than, and it's like mm. 20 kilometers away. And she, oh, she's always like um, also teasing me because a lot of people, from the from outside of Ljubljana can hear when you're from Ljubljana and they actually mm. hate it it sounds like um <laughs> it sounds fake and um it sounds like like we from Ljubljana <laughs> want to sound you know more intelligent and more um sophisticated um <laughs> but it actually sounds bad <laughs> yeah that's that's how i feel when i when i speak that ljubljana dialect that's what that's what i feel i feel like i'm i'm trying to you know fit in this cool world that i actually don't like and that i actually don't belong to mm. But that's what they taught me. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, you know, it's, it's definitely, I think it's a big city phenomenon, you know, like yeah. the same thing with New York. If somebody moved to New York from, you know, the middle of the States and then they come here, 
they're going to affect the way that we speak here in New York. And I'm sure their, their friends back home would be like, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, I love hearing stories like that because like, well, for me, like I, I am from New York city. So, um, and I feel like I say that like a little bit too much. I think people get it by now. Like, okay, she can stop talking about it. But um, I'm always so interested from perspectives of like people who didn't grow up in this like metropolitan environment, because, you know, when you grow up in a big city, like everyone has this kind of like, oh, who do you think you are? You're so pretentious. Yeah. You're so stuck up. I mean, and it's it's kind of refreshing to know that no matter where you are in the world, there's always that big city that people <laughs> think that you're such a snob because yeah because you're from there. Um so you actually mentioned something and I didn't like write this in my notes but I'm just picking up on what you said about the Serbo-Croatian dialect like language that um people had to learn when those countries were part of Yugoslavia. No, Yugoslavia. Sorry. Yugoslavia. Okay. Um, so Yugoslavia, which is so funny because I actually, I have an old atlas that Yugoslavia is still a country on it. And I love looking at it from time to time because it's like, how did we came so far in like, you know, 25, 30 years or so? Like, it's just, you know, anyway, I'm getting on topic. So the languages um, that were spoken in Yugoslavia. And now all of these countries are their own countries with their own languages. Um, what are some things, and you said a little bit about this before, but what are some things that they have in common and what are some things that, that, that differentiate them? Well, um, when it comes to Slovene and Macedonian, Macedonian um, they are two separate languages. They're not um, mutually intelligible. I mean, they are, but not to the extent that it um, that it really is <laughs> um, something that you can understand really easy. Um, but when it comes to that Serbo-Croatian language, which is um, a very controversial topic, and I'm going to, you know, just um, say say this from my point of view of course maybe some people won't agree with that but i still think of this language this serbo-croatian language as one language um i still think of it as a language with is a pluricentric language actually and i think the politics affected it a lot and um now we have Croatian, Serbian, and Bosnian, which are, and then, and, and Montenegrin, of course, which are, you know, we, we completely understand everything. We're 100%, they're 100% intelligible. Okay. It's just that, um, of course, like in every dialect, there are some differences in the vocabulary. It's not something that it's so dramatic and we so drastic, oh my God, <laughs> so drastic um, that the other side can't understand. 
Okay. You know, um, I also have um, friends from southern Serbia, from northern Serbia, that use some words that I don't know, but it, that doesn't make it other another language. That yeah. it's just a dialect. And um, well, this whole Serbo-Croatian thing is really messed up because um, now they are trying to separate them separate them on purpose by inventing new words and adding um, things that are not that are actually not belonging in there it's just it's it's just politics yeah um but when it comes to slovenian and um and macedonian um i can say that well vocabulary is something that is you know the the thing that is um that can be spotted um easily and you can you, you can know you can say that there there is of course common vocabulary but slovene for example is was more exposed to german throughout the history and that's why there are a lot of german words or german uh, words with german origin that are not present in Serbian and Serbocratian and whatever. On the other hand, we have a lot of Turkish words. Hmm. So Serbian, that's maybe something that um, can be also a difference between Croatian and Serbian, is that Serbian is full of Turkish words. There are some Turkish words in, um, in Croatian as well, but not not that much i mean um but serbian is actually full of them and um this is something that makes it a little bit harder for people um with with other slavic languages as mother tongues to understand serbian mm -hmm. um it's because yeah the the words are not of slavic origin some words a lot of words actually <laughs> Do you know why that is? Yes, we were um, a part of uh, Ottoman Empire for 500 years. I am so dumb. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's just um, I was just I was talking about that um, about that with my parents yesterday, and um, thinking about whether Turkish people actually know that nowadays. Um, because Ottoman Empire was so big, and I don't think they actually pay that much attention that you know Serbia was a part of that. But we, we do. It's a, it's a huge part of our history. Yeah, that's that's why these these basic things, these everyday things, are of Turkish origin. I don't know, forks, um, fork, um, spoon pillow you know this domestic things i guess they had to communicate with each other and then <laughs> picked up this um these things that are used the most these words that are used the most 
I mean, I have a I have a trick where um if if some something is if, if the word is different in Serbian and the same in all other Slavic languages, I'm ninety percent sure it's, it's it's from a Turkish origin. Turkish. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's a that's really you know the thing that different differentiate us from other Yugoslavian um, languages. Right, right. Macedonian has a lot of Turkish words as well, as well as Bulgarian. But I don't know to to which amount, to what extent. I just know that they they were also part of um, Ottoman Empire, and that that is actually you know logically I think that they have. Yeah. Um, some Turkish words, but I'm not familiar with the with the amount of words that are. But I know that in Serbian, it's there is a <laughs> lot of words. Okay, so um, Russian. You're learning Russian, or you're studying Russian. You've learned Russian. You speak Russian, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> how how different is Russian from Slovene? From um, Serbian, from you know the languages of the Yugoslavian region. Well, um, pretty different, but not that different. That it's um completely different thing. Um, I can say that, of course. Uh, knowing, speaking this Turlakian dialect and then speaking Slovene really helped me with Russian because when it comes to this case system, for example, um, Serbian does it a little bit different, differently than Slovene and Russian. So um this knowledge of Slovene helped me, you know, place this Russian cases in the right right place. Um in the right box. When it comes to vocabulary, um Russian was really exposed to um French, for example, um back in the nineteenth century. Um French was the official language in Russian in Russia. Well, the official. It was um it was a language of um of the elite. And um a lot of a lot of famous Russian poets and writers actually learned French first and then Russian second. Mm. Um so Russian is filled with this French words, words of French origin that are then not present in in other Slavic languages. Russian has a lot of a lot of a couple of different sounds that don't exist in Serbian and in Slovene. For example, sound sh does not exist in Slovene nor in Serbian. We only have hard sh. Then there is the soft sign and hard sign that is a mess. 
the the main thing actually that that um causes troubles for people from former Yugoslavian republics in Russian um are these soft and um soft and hard letters so every time you have a vowel after a consonant well a specific vowel but i won't get into that <laughs> um you have to you have to pronounce the consonant softly so if we say for example in serbian we say glagol in russian they say glagol mm. um you know with different taste <laughs> with different <laughs> softness you know you have to add this softness um and those are the things that that make people <laughs> find russian really hard um because you really have to concentrate on that before it becomes a habit you really have to to focus on whether a consonant is pronounced soft or um or hard mm-hmm. so i guess it's that's not that's not present in in um in other Yugoslavian languages, <laughs> let's call them like that. Um, that's not present. So, um, but when it when it comes to you know this sentence structures and um, different grammatical forms and um, yeah, that that is familiar to to us as well. Um, for okay. example, I mean, I learned Russian in in Austria, and the program is, I mean, adjusted to people whose mother tongue is German. Hmm. So we had to learn a lot of things that I'm already familiar with that I don't need an explanation for. Um, for example, we have all Slavic languages have this um, aspect thing where um a verb can be perfect or imperfective or imperfective you know depending on um the type of action or if the action is repeated a lot of times or happened just one time and um this is actually something that comes naturally to slavic speakers but is i i learned that it's <laughs> not that simple for for anyone else that is not familiar with this concept right so those are the things that um actually where actually the knowledge of other slavic languages helped me with learning russian okay what made you decide to learn russian i genuinely don't know (laughs) (laughs) i always i always liked um but this is this is such a, a cliche answer. But I always really liked reading, and then I read um, *Crime and Punishment* in my third year of high school, and I was like, "Okay, this is really good. Um, it would be really nice if I could read this, um, you know, in Russian." And I actually really loved the the concept of learning another language that is similar so different from my mother tongue mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of literature and then a little bit of me being a language nerd 
<laughs> so going back to uh, Serbia um, and Slovenia too, um, what are some things that you would want people to know about about those countries um, that they may not know or that they may have the wrong idea about? I don't know how it is in the U.S., but I think a lot of people have this wrong idea of Serbia being um, still in war. That's, that's one thing. Mm. Um, or, or being, you know, violent nation or um, rude nation. Um, which is actually completely opposite. We are really friendly. I mean, most of us. <laughs> um, really friendly and really, you know, um, caring about foreigners that come to Serbia. We, are, we really try to be as forthcoming as, um, as we can and um and we have really great food and <laughs> we uh really have um you know a lot of energy and we're really trying to to stay together as a nation and trying to you know be social as we can, even in Corona times. <laughs> I, I was um, I was in the city center today, and they opened cafes today after a long time, and people are just like <laughs> sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, you don't have to be that social. But I guess um, when you come to Serbia, all of all of the restaurants are full. Um, all of Cafes are full, streets are full. I love our our festivals, um, the things that we that connect us, um, our tradition, um, everything that I learned growing up, but that I actually don't fit into the mentality anymore. Mm. I don't fit in, and I'm glad that I don't fit in. Because, um, yeah, it's something that I actually grew apart with, and I, 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 I really had this ideal picture of Serbia when I was living in Slovenia, and really loved being part of this nation, and I still love being part of this nation. I just. Yeah. Don't like being the same as a lot of people here. And mm-hmm. I mean it's 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 a shame, it's sad because this is where I grew up with. This is my hometown. But every time I come come here, I wasn't here for a year and a half. This is the first time I came. I'm in Serbia right now. Um and this mm-hmm. is the first time I came after a year and a half. And that I realized um, that I just this is this is not this is not where I belong. This is not where I belong anymore. Yeah, I think that's normal, and that happens when you 
when you see new things for yourself. Yes. And yeah. um, this is actually a small town thing. When you when you move from a small town into a big city like Vienna, for example. Mm -hmm. You had experience with German before you moved to Austria, to Vienna. Um, but when you got to Vienna, what was that experience like with communicating in German, speaking in German? Um, how was the German different in Austria than it is in Germany or in... Uh... So different. <laughs> so different that I, I, I mean, I can't tell you how, how many times I've stared <laughs> at people, you know, being like, okay, this is, this is really the most basic thing that they are asking me. And I don't know what, you, what they're asking me. When I moved to Vienna, I was pretty confident that I speak German really well. And um, that's why I didn't take any preparation courses for, for university, which a lot of people do. You know, they spend one year learning learning German and then they enroll. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I already, I can already speak German. So I was like, okay, I don't need it. It's a waste of money. I will just, you know, start college right away. And it turned out that I actually did not understand what I was studying. I enrolled and, you know, I read everything online um, and everything was in German. I was like, okay, this has something to do with languages and then mm -hmm. culture um, because the, the program was called Transcultural Communication. So it was like, okay, you know, learning how you will communicate with other cultures blah 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 turns out it was you know just a normal translation program oh, oh. and i didn't want that yeah <laughs> and i i realized that you know halfway through my first year that i i actually enrolled to be um, a translator I was like no I, I i didn't want that this is not what i wanted this is not what i ordered <laughs> this is you know This, that's how, how, how good my German was. And I remember, you know, sitting in class and understanding every 10th word. But I had a lot of luck, actually, that there is a huge Balkan community in Vienna. Mm -hmm. And there is always someone that speaks um, Yugoslavian languages in every room, in every... <laughs> Uh, institution um <laughs> and um i managed to you know find friends that can help me understand what what uh, professors are saying um to summarize that for me <laughs> um so that was really that was really helpful when it came to studying for for university i learned questions by heart You know, I learned things by heart, just memorizing what the question looks like or the number of the question or um, what letter does it does the right answer starts with, you know, and not understanding what it's really about. Mm. So that that lasted for a year. And then I decided to study Russian 
And I still stayed friends with the Balkan community. It's just that I was exposed to um, more German when studying Russian. Right. And I had um, a lot of Austrian colleagues that I talked to. And eventually, um, I became fluent. And it's not that I became fluent with 100% confidence. No, I still, <laughs> you know, I still struggle with, for example, with um, with this Derditas articles um, that mark um, gender of a noun. That's a nightmare, and I think I will never be able oh, yeah. to fully <laughs> to fully understand how it works. That's tough. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but I I can say that I am much more comfortable um, than five years ago when I moved to to Vienna. And the things that um, that are different in Austrian German. Um, I think that Austrian German is softer than German German. That is Hochdeutsch. Um, the pronunciation is softer, and I really like how Austrian German sounds. You know, I know a lot of people don't like how German sound; it sounds so harsh. Mm. But this Austrian version is actually a lot softer, and it has a some different words that are actually um, a product of contact with Slavic world okay. um, too, um, but then also with Hungarians and etc. Um, that Germans didn't have. I want to talk about your podcast and your platform. And before I even ask you a question, how do I pronounce it? So I'm not pronouncing it wrong. Slavstvitje. Slavstvitje? Yeah. Okay. So tell us about Slavstvitje. Uh, what does it mean? Tell me how you got started. Uh, tell me what the show is about. And some of the things that you enjoy um, about talking to people who speak Slavic languages. Um, tell us some things you've learned and some things that have surprised you. And of course, most importantly, tell us where we can listen, where we can find you. Yeah, so Slavstvite actually um, was born in December in a lockdown <laughs> um, <laughs> where all of our ideas are born. Um, oh, yeah. I actually, I thought about starting something like that couple of years ago but then I realized I mean I thought that I don't have the capacity to do that and that I will fail and um, then in December I just thought you know if I fail okay I I tried you know at least I tried yeah. so I I decided to do it for myself not to do it or you know anybody else i decided to do that because i wanted to and um what what i really like what my idea actually was is to 
bring these languages closer to people that do speak them, but also to people who don't. Also who be, to people who don't have a clue about what languages, what Slavic languages are and where they're spoken. And that's what that's what I try to um to talk about topics that make Slavic languages special. I had a conversation with um um with Jared from Weekly Linguist where I told him that um Slavic languages, most of Slavic languages build future tense with the verb to be, not with the verb to want. Mm-hmm. Um and his mind was like, wow, <laughs> it was blown away, you know, because yeah. it's something that they, that, I don't know, English speaking people don't know and that find really fascinating. I mean, people that don't speak Slavic languages, not just um, English speaking. Um, but that's something that is actually really present in in most of Slavic languages, so that kind of things, you know, I wanted to I wanted people to know because um, I think a lot of podcasts that are dealing with languages are are um, talking about either all of them or um, English. Mm. Some of them do German, but it's you know just learning German. You know, not the, the 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 linguistics, but you know the language course. And I never found anything that is about Slavic languages. And I realized that can be um, a really interesting thing, really interesting topic. Um, and it turned out great because I I somehow managed to um, collect. <laughs> Um, a lot of people who who are fascinated by Slavic languages as well as I am. Um, and Slavsvita actually doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, it's just a combination of the word Slav, Slavic, and the Russian word Zdravstvite, which is um, hello in Russian. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's Slavstvite, you know. <laughs> Um, and I did it in English. A lot of people asked me, why, why do you do it in English? You know, if it's about Slavic languages, why do you, um, speak English? And I love speaking English. I love English language. And I want people from all over the world to be able, at least, um to understand what i'm talking about not mm-hmm. just you know a certain group of people that are um speaking russian or serbian or slovene i want people um that don't have anything to do with slavic languages to be able to understand yeah so i, I mean i had a lot of doubts when starting it in English, but then I realized, you know, um, it's a good thing, and it's um, it's a thing that can actually help me a lot. 
and I had a lot of hate comments. You know, you were you were um <laughs> um American uh, Americanized. You know, um and um trying to fit into this American picture, American world. I don't find that bad, actually. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that's fair because, like you said, you know, you're you're talking about Slavic languages, and a lot of people are interested in Slavic languages. But I think there's also a great deal of people who don't know much about Slavic languages, and they exactly. don't really understand. You know, I think a lot of people would hear Russian. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I think a lot of people would hear. Slavic and they would automatically just think Russian. Yes. And what you're doing is you are informing people that it's not just this one language, which I think is more important to do in English because if you're talking in Serbian, uh if you already speak Serbian, chances are you know <laughs> that exactly. this is a Slavic language. So you're you'd be just talking to the same people that, you know, don't need this information. So I think it makes sense for you to do it in English. Yeah, yeah, it made it made a lot of sense to me because I'm actually also talking about the languages like Czech or Polish that I don't speak um but are similar to other Slavic languages and have a lot of interesting features. Mm -hmm. Um that I love discovering and learning about myself. Um, and it wouldn't make sense to, you know, talk about that in, in Serbian um, or in Russian, um, because I don't think a lot of people would be interested in what's going on in Polish, um, in Serbia or right. in right. Russia. And tell us where we can listen. And how we can find um, you. you can um, find me on Instagram on Slavsvite with um, Y. Um, so Slavsvite. And you can also find me on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podcast Addicts, and. Um, a lot of others actually um but those are the three main um uh platforms that users use yeah and then on um buzzsprout so if you if you type slavsuite.buzzsprout.com you will also get um all of my episodes listed there so you can listen i will for those of you who are listening and want to get in touch and want to listen to the podcast, I have all the links in the show notes and can uh, check it out and listen as soon as you have an opportunity to do so. Dina, I learned so much from you this time we were talking. Like, I have a lot more learning to do, but this was a great introduction for me because there's so much that, that I didn't know, and, and I'm always happy to talk to people who are really living in the language and living in, you know, certain parts of the world who can explain things from their own perspective. Um, 
I do encourage everyone to read all the time and I need to follow my own advice a little bit more, but it's always so much fun to talk to someone and to, and to learn about their language um, firsthand. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for joining me in this, um, in this episode. And I have one last question for you. Do you have any jokes, tongue twisters, cool slang words, idioms, words of wisdom or words of advice in Serbian, Slovene, Russian, or German to share? We have um, a tongue twister. Um, okay. uh, <laughs> Um, it's actually, it means, you know, um, you will hit me with, um, with a bowl, metal bowl. It's Mm -hmm. it's a metal bowl. It's actually a Turkish word, by the way. Um, uh, and, um, I will hit you with that and you will hit me back. So, um, okay. when right. it comes to, <laughs> cause you're going to have to teach, you're going to have to teach me that, that tongue twister. So just when, <laughs> just get ready. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, chokanti chemchute, chokanti chemchishme. Okay, we're going to break this down even even slower. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I will say one syllable and then you will repeat after me. Yes. Cho. Cho. Ka. Ka. Nchi. Nchi. Chem. Chem. Chu. Chu. Te. Te. Cho, cho, kan, kan, chi, chi, chem, chem, chesh, chesh, me, me. Yeah, great. Okay. Your your really like your uh ch is really great. You're pronouncing that really good. A lot of people have a hard time pronouncing ch. Uh, and they always pronounce it as as ch or something like that. Uh, but your ch is really great. I'm really oh, proud of you. Pat myself <laughs> on the back here. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes to cool slangy words, um, I mean, we say um, we say. <laughs> Um, for, for a thing that is really cool, um, we say Strava, which is actually, um, um, like scary, you know, Strava, we say, um, a house of terror is Kucha Strave. So it's actually like fear or or scary, but when we want to say that something is really cool, we say Strava. I don't know what that is. It's like a, it's scary how good it is. Strava. Um, yeah. Well, Dina, thank you again so much. And thank you too. This is really such a pleasure to have this conversation with you and to learn about Slavic languages. Um, really quickly, do not think too hard about. This. But 
in this situation where we've been talking for all this time, what would be the best way to say goodbye? Well, to say goodbye in all of my languages would be one thing. <laughs> so, um, dovidenia in Serbian, um, dasvidanie uh, in Russian, alvidasin in German, and um, oh my God, <laughs> my brain blocked. <laughs> In, in Slovene. Thank you so much. And thank you I'll too, be, Elle. I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye.